Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this is the week that I have been waiting for for a long time. I know some of you are thinking, Cowboy Church. No, no. Start of the rodeo? No, 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 no. Maybe it's finally because H-E-B is selling crawfish out front, and that does make me excited. But that is not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the season premiere for season three of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm all about I know some of you are thinking, whoa, whoa, Pastor Tyler, you are such a cool and collected person. <laughs> Surely somebody as clearly cool as you isn't watching nerdy stuff like The Mandalorian. No, no, I love it. I love it. I do, like, I get up on Wednesday mornings early. I got my sugary cereal like a kid watching Saturday morning cartoons. It's amazing. And I figure with this being Cowboy Church Week, it's okay to bring it up because it's essentially a Western, right? It's about a lone gunman traveling along, trying, it, just like every good cowboy movie, it's based on samurai movies. It's perfect. So I, but the reason that I love it, I love the deeper themes of The Mandalorian. Okay? And if you've never seen the show, um, the biggest theme that kind of has been throughout is a question of identity, a question of what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? What does it mean to be a part of this group of people, right? Is it, is it your ancestry? Is it your creed, your adherence to a certain set of rules? Is it just the, the armor, the outfit that you wear? And as I was thinking about that and, and excited about the show, I realized that's kind of what we as Christians are asking the same question. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christ follower? What does it mean to belong to this particular set of people? Hopefully we get a chance to answer that today. But before we do, let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these amazing people who are here. Lord, I pray that you are blessing this time. I thank you, Lord, also for those who are joining online, whether they are live, whether they're watching later. Lord, I pray that you bless them in their moment of worship. Lord, thank you so much for me to share this message. Let it be your message. I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to me and through me. I submit myself to you, and I pray that we would all have the courage and the boldness to do the same, that your Holy Spirit would speak truth to each and every one of us. In your name we pray, amen. Again, a special welcome to those of you joining online. If you are joining from somewhere other than Southeast Texas, you're probably wondering what in the world is going on, right? Well, here in Houston, we have our rodeo, and apparently, it's a really big deal. Like, I, I've been here for three years now, and the rodeo, boy, it is something. It is exciting, and as somebody who spent a lot of time in rural Florida, right? I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I grew up with, actually, horses living in my yard, okay? So when I go to the rodeo, I'm like, all right, I can get behind this. I can, I can be part of this, right? But when I, when I become part of something, I don't do it halfway. I got to do the whole shebang, right? So I'm looking, like, I got to get the hat. I got to get the boots. I got to get the, the pearl snap shirt. I got to do it all, right? Can't do it halfway. So I figured, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a cowboy hat, go to the cowboy hat store. Well, the first place that I, the first place that I went, I went in, and the, and the guy said, what's your budget? Which should have been a tip-off that I was in the wrong store. Um, he goes, what's your budget? And I'm like, well, uh, I mean, I'm not looking to break the bank. He goes, okay, we'll start you with our low rim ones. He pulls one out and he goes, this one starts at 450. I was like, oh. 
So I went to Boot Barn after that, um, <laughs> realizing I was in the wrong place. But even there, like you're walking around Boot Barn, which of course is just chaos, right? Especially right now, this time of year. It's uh, Cavendar's Boot Barn, it's chaos right now. But it's a little intimidating. It is, because like, it's not the same as if I go to an Astros game and say, I want to support the Astros. You go to the store, you pick out the size of hat, and you're, you're golden, right? No, 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 no. There's a whole culture when it comes to cowboy hats, right? There's straw, there's felt, there's wool, there's different colors, and apparently the different colors mean things. Apparently the different creases mean things and communicate things to people, right? And then even within the felt, there's different grades of felt, and I'm going, this, this is a lot, how do you, I'm just trying to get a hat. I'm only going to wear this like three or four times a year. So I figured, okay, okay, I'll, I'll ask, right? I'm a guy, but I'll ask. So I go over to the guy. I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to, to get a hat. What do you recommend? He must have smelled that I'm a city slicker from 10 miles away because he just did not give me the time of day. And I'm like, what? I'm just trying to buy a hat, right? So I ended up, you know, I got my, my Cavender straw hat here. And, and actually, in the earlier service, I set it down like this, and I was chastised severely. I'm seeing some nods. There are rules when it comes to cowboy hats, and it's, it's a little intimidating. And don't even get me started on boots, because if you're a round toe, square toe, roper heel, cowboy, then I'm like, I, it's a shoe. Give me my chucks. Where are my converse, right? There's all this. Thing. And then you go to the rodeo, and the rodeo, it's a great time. It's great for everybody. But you do kind of feel like you're an outsider, don't you? Especially when you go into the expo hall and I'm looking and all these people have their cows that, that they've washed and they have blown, like their hair is nicer than mine. And I feel like I don't belong. All I want to know, can I pet the cow? That, they look so beautiful. Can I just, can I boop their nose? That's all I'm asking, right? There's this whole culture that if you're not part of it, you feel like I don't belong here. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized this happens a lot in society. For me, uh, growing up, I, I was a surfer, right? And I know that when people go into surf shops, they get a very similar experience, right? You go, hey, man, I'm looking at a gnarly hang tin, you know, a righteous. And the guy's like, all right, cool, you're looking for a swallowtail, you're looking for a fish, you're looking for a fun board, you want a hang tin, you want to ride along, like, and you're like, I don't think I want to do this anymore, this is terrible. And you just want to walk away. And actually, in between services, somebody came up and said, I don't go to Starbucks for this exact reason. I was once, in, this is a true story, I was behind somebody in Starbucks, an older gentleman, and he gets up to the front. You're going to laugh. Those of you who are Starbucks people, he says, can I get a medium coffee? And the girl was like, oh, we don't have medium. He's like, what do you mean you don't have medium? And she says, no, we don't have medium. And then we have venti. And then he, he said, okay, give me a venti, whatever. And she said, do you want Sumatra blend? Do you want, he's like, I just want coffee. Is there a McDonald's nearby that I can go to? See, we, we do this. We build up these things so that somebody from the outside doesn't feel welcome. We have this culture. We have this inside language. And the church is the same. That's what, what hit me as I'm looking at our scripture reading and I'm seeing this story of Nicodemus. I realize that we, the church, do this exact same thing. A little bit less in this service, but if you come to our traditional service, somebody's going to hand you a book and they're going to say, okay, the songs, they're kind of interspersed throughout this thing. They're going to be things that you're supposed to say back and forth. You're going to have to find like 10, 15 different pages and leaf through them. We're going to stand up at one point. You're not going to know when, but we're going to know when. You're going to have to sit back down. At one point, you're going to kneel and receive a little snack. There's a whole thing. 
And then afterwards, hey, we'd love for you to join us in fellowship hour. Meet us out in the narthex. It's like, what language are you speaking right now? The church creates all these boundaries. And it becomes an intimidating place to step into. Some of you were intimidated stepping in here today. And I understand that. As I look at our gospel reading, we see Nicodemus who is a Pharisee, right? He, he's one of the religious leaders among the Israelites, among the Jewish people. So he's an insider for a different religious group. But he's been following Jesus. He's been watching what Jesus is saying and doing, and he basically comes to him and says, Jesus, you're doing some interesting things. Pay, pay note, by the way, when does he come to him? At night, in the secret of night, because he's worried about doing the wrong thing. He's worried about doing it the wrong way. He's worried about other people seeing him and saying, whoa, 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 you've been hanging around Jesus. So he comes to him in the secret of night, and he says, you've been doing these amazing things. We, I trust that there's something special to you. He goes, says everything but, I want in, right? That's essentially what he's saying. I want in. I'm on the outside right now, but, but I want to be part of your crew. And what Jesus responds is interesting, because he says, you must be born again. Now, in our modern times, with our modern church, the phrase born again has a number of different connotations. But what does Jesus mean here when he says you must be born again? Remember who he's talking to, a Pharisee, right? What I think he's saying is you have to let go of everything that you've been carrying with you. You have to unlearn what you have learned. All those rules and regulations that come with being a Pharisee, that come with at that time modern-day Judaism— he said, you got to let go of it. Be born again. That's intentional, right? Essentially, you have to adopt the open eyes, the empty head, and the willing heart of a child. You have to be willing to be humble enough to say, I don't actually know what's going on, but I trust that God is at work. That's what he is teaching there. That's what he's telling this fairy. He's, he's saying, let go of all that Pharisee stuff because it's all about Love. It goes on to the most famous quote in the Bible. John 3.16 is how we number it. For God so loved the entire world, the whole world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We hear this out of context all the time, right? All the time. It's on signs at football games. It's on iBlack. It's on all over the place, right? But when you look in the context, who is he speaking to? A Pharisee, a religious leader, the people whose very jobs, their very existence was creating rules to keep people out. And Jesus said, no, the whole world is welcome. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We spend our lives trying to belong, seeking to belong to something bigger than ourselves, Maybe that's trying to, to blend in a little bit better with your family. Maybe that's your in-laws. Maybe that's PTO and your mommy's day out group. Maybe you're trying to, to blend in in your neighborhood. You're trying to find a way to fit in. We're all just that poor kid standing in the cafeteria holding your tray, terrified, looking around going, where is there a table for me? If we're being honest, we're lonely. We're isolated. We feel like we don't have a place, and as we grab onto an identity, we're so desperate to cling to it that we try and keep others out and say, no, 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 this is my thing. You're just trying to belong. 
What Jesus is saying in John 3.16, what Jesus is teaching to Nicodemus, what we see in Romans as Paul says, the faith that Abraham had, that's what made him righteous. What we see is you belong here. You belong in Christianity. You belong in the church. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you've been carrying with you. It doesn't matter your guilt and your shame. You belong here. It doesn't matter if you're a cowpoke or a city slicker. You belong here. That is the message of Jesus, that his love is for all, that, that he gave his life, not just for the select few, not just for the people who dress the right, right way and talk the right way and, and have kids that behave in service and all these different things. No, it is for everybody. You belong here. So my friends, whether you're, you're here because your kid was singing, maybe you're here because you want to try some of that chili, I'm just saying there's a white chicken chili over there that's pretty good. Just saying. Whether you're here today because you just wandered in and you were curious, maybe you're just watching online and you just happen to be scrolling by, something drew you here today. And what we see in Romans is even the smallest glimmer of faith, the smallest spark of faith is enough to say you are welcome here, that Christ loves you through the love of God, through the forgiveness of Christ, through the power of the Almighty, you belong here. Welcome.